Greetings, all. My name is Nolan Bushnell, and I'm kind of known for being uh, the founder of Atari and then later on Chuck E. Cheese and now Exodexa. And what we're doing is trying to change education and using gamification as the tool. Dr. Leah Haynes, who is my uh, co-author on the book, uh, Shaping the Future of Education, is a PhD in education. So I'm a guy with a lot of opinions, but she actually has rigor. Um, and so I think the combination has done some wonderful things. Do you want to comment on that, Leah? <laughs> well, I'll tell you that writing the book with you was such a treat and I, and it started off I don't I don't know if I've ever even told you this Nolan but when I first started writing uh and I was making notes in the in the margins and comments and I didn't hear from you and I thought oh wow he hates what I'm doing and just doesn't know how to tell me and then of course Nancy and and, and Brent both told me you know what he's really busy on something else and he hasn't gotten back to that yet so that's the whole I thought you just didn't like what I was doing. And when once boy, once we got going with the uh, the book, I found it refreshing because basically just so for, for our uh, viewers and, and listeners, Nolan had written 70 or 80 pages about education that I was then looking at and commenting on as an educator and and giving my uh, impression and, and gathering research to either back up my argument. And I was, the other thing that I was a little nervous about was, you know, what if I, what if I disagree vehemently with Nolan? I mean, is he going to, and then I realized, Hey, he's at eight kids. He's used to people disagreeing with him. <laughs> so I thought it would be a good experience. And indeed it was an amazing experience. I think the one regret I have is that AI wasn't really a conversation yet when we were working on the book. It came up, you know, we wrote the book at exactly. the beginning of the pandemic and it came up at the end of the pandemic. So that's the one missing element for me. You know, it, it's interesting. People have been commenting to me on the book and what it was a little bit surprising to me, and, and I, I'd actually like your opinions on this, They've all universally said they like the stories. And right. uh, for those of you who haven't read the book yet, I, I made up stories about kids who, who prosper in this new kind of learning environment and teachers, how they prosper in this new kind of learning. And, uh, and they're, they're just totally made up, but, uh, <laughs> But they sound real, don't they? <laughs> they do. They do. And we do identify that they're made up, that they are our user stories, as you would in the game world. When you're developing a new game, you have your, uh, and I don't remember the terminology, but I'm not from the game uh, side of things, but th that you have the composite of what you think your end user will want and how they'll use the the uh, material. So, yeah, it the other thing that I've been really surprised about in the response uh, to the book is the like passionate level of engagement, like offering the, the founder circle and people who are just 
want to be engaged in the conversation. I don't think that we at Exodexa are going to fix the whole thing. I think we at Exodexa are going to be part of a community that fixes the whole thing. And we may be leading the community and we may have a significant stake in the community, but it will take people uh, all over the world from every walk of life to make this happen because education is in need of not just a few tweaks here and there. It's in need of some major, major overhaul. Too many kids don't make it in this system. Yeah, I call it a meat axe approach. Just tear it all down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, I was talking to a, a, a past LAUSD board member once about a project that they wanted to uh, explore. And he said, if you just thought about like, if you could pick up the school, turn it upside down and just shake everything out of it, then just work with what's left. And I thought that's, that's probably a really good approach. Like, let's just, let's take a look at everything well, you know, that is working and, and you keep that and get rid of the rest. Do you know, somebody who's turning into one of my absolute favorite people is Renee, who's on our board. Right. And she was the principal at Compton High and Beverly Hills High. And she is such a breath of fresh air and no nonsense down to your thinking. I, I say, man, what a real fundamental talent that um, and and to have her on board with this just gives me a big smile on my face. We we need to bring her on the podcast uh, soon so that the rest can, because I'm not at all surprised that you feel that way about her. I think that everyone who gets to know her will feel that way about her. She's really very, quite humble, but absolutely brilliant educator and, and has a sense of, you know, we were talking um, on a, on a different podcast about the importance of um, business school, of understanding business in whatever walk of life. That's the one area that I think education is lacking. And that's what Renee brings to the table is that she spent um, quite a few years in at IBM in the business community before she went back to school and became an educator. So she brings with her a very different perspective. And, you know, we work in so many schools with the foundation that I, I feel like all of them would benefit from at least a year of business school education. How you handle correspondence, how long you take to get back to someone, all of those little things that really add up. Well, you know, also, you know, don't forget, you had a, another career in media. I did. You know, and uh, you got into education. And why don't you talk a little bit about that? What's, what? What were some of your learnings in the media world that are appropriate for education? That's a really good question, Nolan. I think probably the very early part of, um, you know, I I produced a television series about women in unusual jobs. And it was the mid 80s when I did that, 1980s. And the, the learning for me in that was I expected all of these women to have had like, here's my plan here's what I'm going to do and then do it. And then I was interviewing them at the other end of that program where they were successful. And the truth is all but one. And then my first year, 13 stories, 13 different women, all but one got to where they are 
by the way they adjusted after each failure, after each devastating experience, either a divorce or a death or some health issue. And this was what they did to, uh, to cope and, and move forward. And that's where their success was found. There was only one woman who had decided when she was a teenager, she was going to have a jewelry business and she had a jewelry business. Everybody else, it was just, I mean, there was one woman I interviewed who had 10 children because she had been, she was married, had three children and her husband died in the war. She remarried uh, a fellow who had a little two land machine shop in the backyard and they had, uh, he had two children. She had the three, they had three together. He passed away, had a heart attack and she inherited the two man machine shop. She ended up marrying again and, and he had children. So she had 10 and they were all teenagers at the same time. She had Holy taken God. that two man machine shop and turned it into, when I interviewed her, a $40 million a year ball bearing company. I mean, it, I, it was, and she said, I invite, invented the in and out board because I needed to know where the kids were. They all had to sign the blackboard with the phone number of where they were going to be and what time they would be home. And I was like, we, the, the, the message there that really impacted my career was make whatever plans you want to make, but be prepared to adjust, be prepared to deal with changes as they come up and, and don't let anything stop you. If something is humanly possible and you're interested in it, then find a way to make it real. Yeah. And, and, you know, in my career, I have so many times been blindsided by my own ignorance, you know, and, you know, I can remember the consumer pong where we took it to the, to the toy fair and sold zero, you know, because toy stores, yeah, toy stores didn't believe they could sell anything that cost more than $29. We would have never launched the Atari 20, uh, the, the Atari Pong home game if it hadn't been for Sears. And really? when the buyer came, when the buyer came, we, my manufacturing guy thought, well, how many can we do? This was in like late February, early March. How, how many can we produce for Christmas? We thought about 25,000. He gave us an order for 150,000. Whoa. And, and all of a sudden you get an order and you say, well, how would we do this? And by November 15th of that year, we had built 180,000 consumer pongs and sold every one of them. Wow. Wow. And so, so a lot of people might've just quit after the game stores said, oh no, we can't. Yeah. We can't sell it. It's too. Wow. Yeah. But I think that's, but, but the whole idea of the flexibility of the, of the reality versus what the constraints that your brain puts on things was kind of, it's been a, it was a lesson to me to say, Hey, you know, there are a lot of ways you can do things. You just have I to love that you're, that you're, uh, yeah, that you're making that uh, point, Nolan, because I think uh, the majority of people think Nolan Bushnell, like 
brilliant, did it all, all easy for him. He just, you know, it all just like smooth sailing. Look at the industry as a result of what Nolan initially did. And, and I feel like you were, you were equally as frank in the book about the, you know, what works and what, what doesn't work. And I think it's really beneficial for young people to hear from someone like you that it, it wasn't, it didn't go smoothly in the beginning. There were struggles and, and a lot of people might've just given up at that point. And, and that's, yeah, and, you know, go ahead. And that's, that's why I, I really value what I call grit. You know, snowflakes need not apply to work for me. I want people who with a real thick skin and are mean and, 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 and relentless. Relentlessness is really a superpower. It's true. I could drop the mean, but relentless, I agree with. <laughs> yes, that's true. I mean, you and I have the 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 primary no a hole rules in in right. our business. <laughs> exactly, and so far we are a hundred percent. We have an amazing team of people, and you know just. The, the process of working on the book really did introduce the company, right? We, the, and, and the book has been a real benefit to everyone joining the company because we lay out in that book everything that we intend to do. It may not all happen initially, but one stage yeah. after another, as we go through this, the 10-year the plan is totally change the way we're educating children, completely readdress it then we're unapologetic about it being a manifesto you know exactly. and uh you know hopefully it's it's going to be more important than mind comp right let's <laughs> hope so but i think you know one of the first people one of the first reactions i got was from someone who got a, a pre-release of the book and and she was an educator years ago, hasn't been in education for, for quite some time, maybe 30 years. But but she took a little offense to the fact that we were so hard on traditional education. And I was really braced for more of that because it was one of the early. And the truth is, I have not heard a single complaint from anyone yet about the book. We've had such Boy. interesting, yeah, such interesting responses. And I think of people like Ted Kahn, who reached out and he is just so excited about what it is we're trying to do and the board, like the people who have joined our board who are just amazing. And, and I think we do need to have each of them come on individually and, and talk uh, so that the, the public like that. gets to know who they are too. Everybody, and each has kind of a unique view of things that I think, uh, I think that diversity of opinion and skill set is, is, is would be an important message. Absolutely. And and an important message at this time. Like what what we're trying to do is create an environment where instead of saying why are they doing that? You say, "Hmm, why are they doing that?" Like a curiosity instead yeah. of a judgment. Really just I don't need everyone in my world to think the way I think. I need to understand the way people think to make my world better and their world better. And, and listening to each other is a big part of that. Well, you know, the, uh, the thing that, that I think may be our biggest change is 
unbeknownst to a lot of people who ever really haven't thought about it, in our school system, it's built around competition between students. Like ABCD is competition. You know, some, some people are winners, they get A's. Some people are losers, they get D's. And when I think that competition for what you know is totally inappropriate. And so when you have a bedrock construct that is laced throughout everything educational that is wrong, what do we do about that? I mean, you know, I, I, it's, it's, it's kind of one of those things where we're really trying to dynamite the, a couple of the foundational principles of, what, of how schools are constructed. And, exactly. uh, and the, the whole idea of no grades, no grades, no tests, no homework, you know, that's kind of revolutionary. It is. It is. And it scares a lot of people. But I think when they really listen or if they read the book, if they talk to us, I think that they get the idea Like that we're really trying to take the competitive edge out of school because that's not what school should be. That's where sports comes in. School should be about yeah. communal learning. These students are together. They don't all have to be the same age in the room. They just have to be engaged in their education and 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 batching by topics rather than by age would be one of our preferences, I think. And and I think and you know the, the school system that that really allows you to deep dive on what you're interested in. It's shown, you know. Finland constantly scores at the top of academic performance. Yeah, individualized learning is really the, the now that the technology exists for that, it really should be the uh, the the thread that that we all follow. And that's again, that's the book. I just want to finish by saying writing that book with you during that first year of the pandemic was probably one of my favorite experiences of the last uh, decade, just because it pushed me to consider things that I hadn't considered. I'm also trained in the traditional educational style. So there were, there were ideas there that I really had to work on and do some research and figure out. And I, uh, my, my conclusion Clearly, I'm now not just a board member with you. I am the co-founder and CEO with you. And, and it's because I so believe in what we're trying to do. And I think that it, it matters. Well, thank you. It's, you know, I never, ever thought that I was going to be an author. You know. Sometime I'll tell tell the whole story of how that came to be, which was another happy accident. Um, and I I I really think my life has been a a collection of happy accidents, and uh, and so um, you know be willing to let the 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 bluebird of happiness land on your left shoulder. And I am really happy to be part of this most recent happy accident with you. So 
It's been uh, it's been great. And I, I hope that everyone who's listening will buy the book and read the book and share the book because it's not just a read. It is a mission. It is a manifesto. We are we have a big job ahead of yeah, us. And, and, and in fact, your assignment is to buy 10 books and give them away. You know, one is insufficient. You know, <laughs> if you're going to be a true devotee and uh, and and life changer, you know, at least ten. They'll make great Christmas <laughs> presents, Hanukkah presents. They're they're just a very good offer. All right, thank exactly. you everybody for being with us. Thanks, Nolan. Be good. <laughs>